Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Calgary Bros Football Podcast. This is Uncle CB here, and we've got Beck on the other side. What's up, y'all? Yo, so happy to chat with you guys today, and you know, happy to you know chat up on stuff and uh, you know talk about things. You know what I'm saying? But um, want to kind of kick start things off today. We're going to be covering, uh, <laughs> of course, Manchester United. Manchester United won. Against uh, uh oh, my brain just hit a fart. But anyway, West Ham. We we won against West Ham, and we also beat Brentford over the um uh over the coming. We we didn't cover it on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side we got Chelsea who beat uh, uh Tottenham one uh, uh two nothing, and also tied I believe with Brighton over right. the state. Yep. Um, and uh, we're also going to cover some stuff, you know, Everton, obviously, with a sack manager and Rafa Benitez looking for a new manager. Are they in a relegation scrap? Mm-hmm. Uh, Man City tied over the weekend, too, as well, 1 1. Liverpool won. So, is there a chance for a title race? We don't know. Um, and who potentially will be going down this season because uh, Everton looked like they're fully on in a relegation scrap. Um, and then finally, we will cover up some uh, uh, uh Yeah, we've got the going right now. And, uh, you know, our uh, Afghan correspondent, a.k.a. The Spec, <laughs> is going to cover that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So um, some big, big, <laughs> some big knockouts. And some of the things I've been predicting come in the past, man. I'm just telling y'all, man. You know what I'm saying? Anywho. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's kick start things off uh, with um, uh, Manchester United. I want to chat about Manchester United first, first off, because uh, you know, you guys know me. I don't like to talk too much about United. I don't like to think too long about them. Big Spec on the other side loves this Chelsea, so he's going to probably tell a story about you know how Mason Mount is the greatest. Uh, you know, <laughs> Hakim Ziyech, Hakim Ziyech left, left foot is God sent. Um, and uh, Lukaku is still a but anyway, and Lukaku um, is still a what? Lukaku is still a plump, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll kick, we'll kick, we'll kick start things off with um, uh, with Manchester United uh, winning over the weekend here. Um, this is two games on the bounds for um, uh, Raf Ragnick's uh, team, two wins. Uh, the first one against Brentford, we won 3 1. Um, and then the second game against uh, uh, West Ham, we won again 1 um, 0 at the death last minute with um, Marcus Rashford uh, mm-hmm. scoring the, you know, the game winning goal in the, last, in the last second, basically the, the last kick of the game. Did you mm-hmm. watch this game at all? I watched a little bit of it, but uh, I didn't. Uh really divorced myself and I just I passed out while I was watching it. But, okay. Yeah. But I'm actually uh it's actually it's actually playing right now on the on the on the TV screen for me. Oh nice. Nice. Yeah. Well uh I'll save you I'll save you the 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 uh the uh the time and investment but uh United won one nothing last second of the game as I said earlier. Uh-huh. Um honestly this game, uh, first of all, I, I just want to kind of quickly touch on Brentford. So I don't, know if I, I don't know if you were able to catch that game, but the game against Brentford, the first half was absolutely freaking woeful. Um, the 
the uh, what they call it the defense was on was on smoke. Um, mm-hmm. they, well, when I when I say on smoke, bad smoke, not good smoke. Yeah. Um, Brentford were all over this team. Uh, they they could have scored two or three goals if not for David De Gea once again. David De Gea for me is carrying uh, Manchester United team. I know some people will say uh, a certain player, but uh, but night and day, David De Gea is the guy. This guy has really really turned it up this season, and in fact. He is gonna be. Uh, he's most likely gonna be our player of the of, of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was he was amazing. Uh, cue the second half. Uh, we went up and we went up three nothing. Um, at two nothing, something happened. Uh, Ronaldo got subbed. I don't know if you saw that. Oh um, yeah, he was bickering and he was moaning. I guess like he told, he asked Ragnick, "Why would you bench? Why would you sub me off? Why don't you take some out of the, the younger players?" And I guess like Ragnick's decision was justified five minutes later when one of the younger players scored. Yeah, how he's like, how how dare you sub the goat? How dare you sub me? <laughs> Not exactly in those quotations, but that's exactly what he that's exactly what he said. How dare you sub the goat? The goat, mm. goat, aka Moa. Uh, you, it's untouchable. Please do not touch me again. Um, if not, <laughs> you will lose your job, Raf Ragnick. <laughs> but yeah, no. On the on the other hand, uh, uh, Ragnick, uh, you know, he was justified. You know, the I think Rashford came on, scored the the three, the third goal. Yeah. Uh, to you know to to kill off the game, and then he subbed on Maguire later on, and Maguire did what Maguire does, and uh, we conceded the goal. So. Mm-hmm. In in general, I think first of all, I don't see, I don't look too much into that. Look, uh, you guys know me. I've I've been from day one. I will I will be the first guy to give uh, Ronaldo stick, but I also know Ronaldo. Like mm-hmm. Ronaldo hates being subbed. Uh, this is this is a common theme. He did this to uh, Ferguson. I mean, he threw an he, his tantrum this time was a little bit over the top. I felt, yeah. but it's what he does. It's what mm-hmm. is what it's what uh, Ronaldo does. And I think people just, it's what it is. It's not a big deal. And then they, I think Raf actually, uh, throwing him some kudos here, he actually handled it very well, uh, which was uh, uh, good. Like, I I don't know. He he has this, like, thing. Um, he talks a lot, uh, what I've noticed. He loves talking. He's a lecturer. Uh-huh. Um, to be honest, I felt that... Uh, uh, what he did was justifiable, and uh, I, oh, somebody got to turn their phone on mute, bro. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, I'm just seeing that yeah. actually. Yeah, but but anyway, uh, he was um, uh, Reinick was uh, uh, um, you know justified in what he did. I really, I really appreciated how he handled the case, and he said, "Hey, look." Well, you know, I'm a manager. One of these days, you could become that. If you are in my shoes, you would do the exact same thing. Yep. Uh, we have another game coming up on the weekend, um, so trust that. So, I, in my opinion, he handled it well. And at the end of the day, Ronaldo knows what he's doing. He will whine, mm-hmm. he'll complain. If he wins, he wins. Everybody's happy. Yeah, so, you know, sleep right. Um, but then this game against West Ham came up, and this West Ham game, West Ham is kind of a yo-yo team for us. We beat them. They beat us. We beat them. They beat us. Um, you know, it's some days we have some horrible games. Anytime we play them, we either have a horrible game against them or we have an okay game. So they they seem to have figured out how to uh, deal with Manchester United. Manchester United lately, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in this game, the one key thing, the things I wanted to draw on here was some parallels that I've noticed in the game. Tactically, I've got to give Ragnik some sort of kudos because the guy pissed me off. Like, seriously, man, this guy came in. First thing he started to do, keep McTominay on the pitch, um, you know, just and then and then and then talk about controlling the game while he's still keeping McTominay and Fred on the pitch. It's like you can't control the game when you have those two type of players in there because these guys, the ball touches their legs, it balloons off them. Yeah, you know, they're not, they're not very good uh, technical wise mm-hmm. um, in tight spaces. Um, so you know, either way, he's justified. He, I hate getting into these things as to who should a manager pick. I really try to do my best and stay away from all of that. And the mm-hmm. reason why I try to do that is simple. It's because I'm not, I don't coach these players, so I don't know. I don't know what he sees. I don't know what, what he can tell. I, I disagree that McTominay should be on the football pitch when you have a guy like Van Der Beek on, but that's yeah. a whole different, whole different conversation. And I don't have enough logic or, or no, I don't have enough facts to prove that you know, Donny van der Beek will be better. So at the end of the day, I have to go by what the manager goes by. But regardless, if you're still picking players that we all see on the football pitch, in the game, in the 90 minutes that we get to see them and they're mm-hmm. not good enough, that is on you as a coach. If you if the players, if the results are not, are not coming up, the things you want, like controlling the game is not happening, as a coach, that is on you. That is not on anybody else. You got to just take the blame and handle that. And and right, and I felt people were right to criticize him, and I was right to criticize him because I think I thought he um, he just was not uh, doing it. But either way, um, uh, Ragnik, in my opinion, has sort of justified himself and his decisions, um, and he's starting to and he's adapting. Like he 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 started off with the team with a four two 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 with a, a very specific unit that was playing that, and it was obvious for everybody to see that. That four two two formation doesn't really work on this team, mm-hmm. right? There's not a lot of creative creativity, uh, not a lot of uh, uh, you know the idea of vertical means that we lose the ball a lot more because these guys are not as technical. If you're gonna play four two two two, don't play McTominay in there, um, mm-hmm. don't play Fred in there because it just doesn't work out, right? And then also you play you put Bruno. So like he's kind of like a quasi winger slash, uh, uh, what they call it? he's a quasi winger slash uh, midfielder. So it just it did not sit right. It did not sit right seeing like the way he utilized Bruno and the rest of them. Uh, but he's recently made a switch to the four three three. And if you and what what has been happening now is because he's recognized okay McTominay is not so good at the ball. Fred is good at pr- pressing and is mm-hmm. not a solid number six. Mm-hmm. Um, but these guys need good support. So Fred and McTominay, in a way, they support each other because McTominay will lose the ball. <laughs> Fred will work to win it back for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or Fred will lose the ball and McTominay will work to win the back for him. They're both this, uh, the same type of players. Yeah. So what did he do? Um, uh, Ragnar came in and now select uh, put, uh, or, or he has Bruno playing a lot deeper now. So yeah. Bruno is no longer the 10 out of 10, like out, out and out 10. Bruno yeah. is a solid uh, number eight slash 10. Mm-hmm. And for me, one of the big things, like uh, my philosophy is uh, personally as a coach, I really believe in the 4-3-3 system. If it were up to me, I mm-hmm. will find a way to make sure that my teams 
play uh, in a 4-3-3 format with a holding midfielder. Now, yeah, yeah. they don't have the benefit of a holding midfielder, so they have to utilize either one of, you know, um, uh, Fred or McTominay. Well, they have Matic, but Matic is, you know, kind of leggy and is pushing on with his age. Um, but for me, I would have either one of uh, uh, what they call it, um, uh, uh, sorry, uh, uh, in the four three three formation, I will have either either one of Fred or McTominay holding, and then mm-hmm. either Bruno um, or McTominay, uh, sorry Bruno or uh, Fred or Van der Beek uh, or Pogba when he's available, uh, playing the number eight. What yeah. Ragnick did exactly that. He put Bruno as a number eight, not as a number ten, out and out number ten, and Bruno now has been helping with the build up, which is a big thing. That was the yeah. thing I always say. I'm like I like Bruno a lot. But I think people get away. People get so carried away by his goals and assists, and they're like, "Oh no, put him as a ten. Let him throw up the balls to the strikers and the wingers and the you know attackers, and he can get those assists and he can get those goals and all that stuff." And I, and I get their reasoning for doing that, but I actually think that's the wrong thing to do. Mm-hmm. Bruno is a player that you actually need to restrict a little bit. You need to restrict them. You need to hold them back a bit and say, "Hey, I know you want to play the hero ball." I know you want to move the ball quicker than everybody. I know you want to uh, uh, quicker than anybody can uh, can think of. I know you want to create chances. I know you want to drive the ball quick and you want to move it fast and you want to do all this stuff. But by playing that way, we don't get control of games. Mm-hmm. You're basically playing hope, hope and pray. You're sending the ball along, pushing it high, pushing it quick, hope and pray. Um, and and guess what? And guess what happens by you doing that? Um, you know, with, yes, against some teams, it will work. But on the other side, once they figure you out, that is it. Mm-hmm. That is it. Simple and short. You are done. You are finished. So you have to, as a as a player, you have to be able to um, uh, recognize when to play those quick passes, those, you know, uh, risky plays, um, uh, you know, those, those long balls or whatever that he does, like, you have to understand when to do it. But most of the time, in the professional game, when you're playing in the Premier League, you need to recognize you got to slow it down sometimes, keep it simple, move the ball, you know, build up a little bit more, get get a couple of numerical advantages in the midfield, and then those opportunities will come up. Now, in transition, if things are happening quick, then by all means, move the football quick, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, I think that uh, uh, him restricting Bruno has been sort of like the best thing so far uh, that I've seen from these guys. Um, And I'm I'm hoping, I'm hoping that he continues doing that. Slow Bruno down, make sure he's not going crazy and he's just doing his ridiculously risky plays. Mm -hmm. Um, Slow him down and then offer him uh, what you call it. uh, um, You know, uh, sorry. Support. Yeah, offer him support or, or even have him support the likes of McTominay and Fred. If you're going to play McTominay and Fred, you need a guy like Bruno in there because Bruno at least is a little bit more, much more technically gifted, um, but uh, he needs he needs a little bit more, uh, what you call it, um, uh, 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 he needs to help out those guys a little bit more because those guys, honestly, unfortunately, they just don't know what they do with the football. They really mm-hmm. don't. Right. Anyway, but it was good. It was good seeing Ragnik adapt to that, and I have to give him kudos for that. Because for me, that's like it's a big deal tactically. 
you got to think a little bit more than just, oh, yeah, let me play Bruno as a out-and-out number 10. It didn't work. And and by by playing Bruno a little bit deeper, the fullbacks, like Telles, who are very aggressive attack, attack attacking-wise, and Dalot, very, they pushed up high, man. They were mm-hmm. so high up the pitch. It was crazy. I was just like, wow, like, this is really – Nice to see offensively. Now, defensively, we're a little bit uh, hit and miss. The game was a bit 50-50. It was really, let me, I'll be honest, it was 50-50. I wouldn't say it was a, um, um, it was a perfect game. Like some people, I've seen some people, oh, this is the best game I've seen Ragnick. I would say it was one of his better games that I've seen Ragnick uh, produce so far. Um, yeah, it seems like uh, what I'm watching right now, it seems like you guys really put them in their own half. Yeah. And, um, and what am I seeing here? Maguire? Yeah, Maguire is back. Well, Lindelof, I don't know if you guys know. I, I mean, well, we missed the, the midweek uh, uh, pod. But, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but Lindelof got um, uh, his house got burgled. So people broke into his house. So he, he has to be. It was a while ago, wasn't it? Like a week or two ago? Um, I think it was. Uh, a week ago while he was playing a game or something. And because of, uh, or, you know, it might've been Brentford. It might've been Brentford game and his family was there. His wife and his kids were in the home. Um, Yeah. So he decided like, he's going to take some time off just to, you know, stay with his fam jam, make sure everybody's good. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, yeah. So I, I I wanted Lindelof, but Maguire played. Maguire actually played okay, but, the guy needs dropping like these. So I don't know if you've seen the news, but on the um, Ragnick, apparently the rumor, and I don't believe in all of this shit, but the rumor came up that um, uh, Ragnick doesn't think Shaw, um, Harry Maguire, and I can't remember who else it was, are good enough or fit enough to be Manchester United players. Um, so which, oh, oh yeah, Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Um, you know, he doesn't think that they're fit enough to be Manchester United players, which I was just like, hot damn. Like, this guy's coming in with the smoke. He's benching people, and he's telling mm-hmm. them, hey, you know, I don't think you're worth it, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think that I, – I think – look, I, I like Luke Shaw. I think Luke Shaw is, has something to give. But at the same time, Luke Shaw hasn't really done anything in Manchester United for how long now, right? Yeah. Um, and and he did have that amazing last towards the end of last season. He really did have that good season, um, but <laughs> you know it, it was one in a like how many seasons have we been looking at for him, right? So mm-hmm. I, I think that at the end of the day, you know, Rag, Ragnick is is gotta like really set the tone for these boys, and because whoever next is coming in, I don't know who's gonna come in, but hopefully whoever next comes in really raises their standard and ha- and and these boys will rise to that standard or get sold right um yeah. right now martial martial is leaving um as the news is coming up that um severe uh, yeah these the loan is about to get completed this this uh, breaks my heart a bit because i really liked martial but the problem was Mar- martial's the same thing you know had a couple of good seasons and they just they just they, they you don't see anything about them right they come up they're good when they're like 19 20 21 and then all of a sudden something happens to them and they just don't really hit the heights that they're supposed to hit in mm-hmm. um and then looking back 
you know, at some of these things, like there were, you know, I remember Mourinho went and sell Martial and um, uh, what they call it, they got overruled by the Glazers. And back then I agree with the Glazers and I'm looking back and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Mourinho was right on that, man. Like at the end of the day, um, he kind of saw something that this kid didn't have and mm-hmm. he wanted something else from other people. And, you know, I like Perisic. If he had gotten Perisic, I would have been so down for that. But that wasn't happening. And United uh, uh, hierarchy overruled him, which in hindsight, they probably shouldn't have done. They probably should have gotten Perisic and maybe loaned out Martial back then to really give him the kick up his ass that he needed. Um, yeah. So unfortunate for the kid. But he's leaving, and uh, you know it's, it sucks that this is happening. But at the end of the day, he made his bed, man. Like this is, you know, this is the thing, right? You gotta like, you gotta really, really step up. You gotta really mm-hmm. step up your um, your your game when you're playing uh, for a club of this stature. Yeah. Um, but, but to kind of close things off, uh, you know, last parallel of the game, Rashford scored. People were happy mm-hmm. for him. All that great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Martial actually came in and helped the build up for that, and uh, you know you can you can you can see you can see some of the things uh, you can see what potentially Sevilla could get from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I want to add add to this, uh, you know, is Martial is going to a coach that I'm very like I absolutely love this coach, Julian Lopetegui, yeah. um, and and. and I, I'm dreading not having the capability of watching the Spanish league, the La Liga. I mm-hmm. wish I could watch the La Liga like actively, man. But we need to get that IPTV quick. Yeah, yeah, we need that IPTV because the zone end and doing it. But uh, mm-hmm. and, and in fact, the zone is going to lose the Premier League rights uh, next season. So just an FYI. Um, they? Yeah, they are. But we'll, we'll talk about it in a bit. But but yeah, yeah. so yeah, Lopetegui. He's uh, one of my favorite favorite coaches. Um, I actually, when he went to Real Madrid, he left Spain. That if you guys watch that Spanish team, the, that 2018, the, the the months before that 2018 World Cup, or the year years before that 2018 World Cup, yeah, that that team was absolutely crazy. That Spanish team was nuts. The way they played football, how quickly they moved, like they were just another level. Um, unfortunately, Real Madrid had to fuck everything up, like they always do. Came right. in, you know, for uh, took the guy into Madrid. He used the opportunity to win a World Cup, um, and then it kind of went he went downhill from there for a little bit. And uh-huh. then Sevilla depends on him, and he has been amazing with them. He won the Europa League, and you know, uh, yeah, they, they didn't qualify for the uh, second round of the Champions League, but regardless, I still think he's doing a fantastic job. And I think, in fact, if United don't get like the, the like Ten Hag. I think maybe Jalen should be the guy they should be going for. But anyway, I I don't know. I'm not the guy who's making these decisions. So who knows what he, what he can do uh, with mm-hmm. it, with like this. Um, but yeah, so good on uh, Martial. Good on him. He's gonna be moving. He helped us out last little bit there. Gave Cavani the ball and uh, Cavani uh, uh, squared it for for Rashford tap in. Uh, so good on them. Uh, but uh, I think that's going to be, you know, we'll just wait and see. We'll wait and see what this United team brings again, man. Like I always say, Manchester United is just a, a hit and miss team. They're boring to talk about because the exact same things keep happening. Today is kind of the first day we've had like a really deep coverage on them for a long time. And that's yeah. just because for the first time, Ragnick has decided to like 
turn things around a little bit. So we'll see where this goes. I mean, I'm not holding my breath. We're we're, we're in the top four now, but um, there's a bunch of game at hand for uh, Tottenham and Arsenal. So we'll see how things go. Right. right. So All right. Um, now that you, you had a personal chance to watch Declan Rice, is Declan Rice the truth? Dude, I will say this thing right now. No. Uh, for 100 million, absolutely not. Um, that's the amount that they're touting that Declan Rice will cost. Uh-huh. Pounds. Would you pay 100 million pounds for Declan Rice? Absolutely not. Yeah, no. Hell no. For they, essential- they're, they're, trying to, they're trying to, you know, get a big price for that. You know, they're trying to rip people off. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Right. So I, I don't believe he's uh, he's worth uh, that money. Um mm-hmm. Uh, what they call it the uh, uh, for um, for maybe 30 million 40 million uh, 50 million maybe yeah that's 50, 50 or 60 50 or 60 yeah that's the highest I'll go and, and, and speaking of West Ham like I, I was shocked how they performed like they looked okay they the game was 50 50 but yeah I Shocked how they were performing. Like Bowen wasn't hitting the heights that I've seen him hit in the last couple of weeks. Dude, another thing, another reason why Bowen wasn't hitting those heights is like when they were when uh from based on what I've been seeing here, Maguire mm-hmm. was just stopping everything because he took a big touch and then Maguire had an opportunity and he stopped everything. He went after Bowen. I think he was marked on Bowen like majority of the game. So. Mm-hmm. Like every uh, majority of the chances Bowen has, and you know, Bowen is really direct, right? He's quick yeah. and he's coming into the box like that. But he was like marshaled out pretty much, right? He had the mm-hmm. ball, he'd be running, and he had opportunities. If, if like there was somebody running with him, I think they could have created something because they would have gotten that ball away from where Maguire was. But I don't yeah. think anybody was running with him. And uh, basically, Maguire was able to tackle three, three chances away from him, right? So, mm-hmm. and obviously, yeah. when that hap- when that happens so early in the game, a player starts to lose confidence. If he's that type of player, right? Some players yeah. are play with their mind, right? They're like, because they're like, shit, nothing's working. I've tried three times, right? So now but, it's but, it's, but, it's, but, it's, a, it's a certain type of player to understand, like, yo, okay, this is not working. Why don't we yeah. try something else? And that comes the brilliance of like Eden Hazard, Philippe Coutinho, all those guys, right? They they, they know when to switch it up and not do the yeah. same thing, right? So yeah. absolutely mix ups. Yeah, you yeah. gotta you gotta, you gotta have the mix ups. But I still think uh I still think he still has some good chances. Uh mm-hmm. if you have a chance to watch throughout the game, he has some good chances. The only thing is I just like I expected a little bit more from him, regardless. Yeah. Uh, he always pops up at all these like little places, and uh, he really can get to your defense if you guys are not very careful. Uh, yeah, I think I think what happened is during the during the analytic uh, session and, and the before the before the game and shit. I think Dragnik uh, would have touched on that. He would have been like, look, because majority of the the past two three games has been Bowen, right? Bowen has been the guy, so yeah. he must have, he must have looked at it, and obviously Ragnik would be like, "We need to nullify him," and so they probably found ways to stop him from getting to where he needs to be. So yeah, no, absolutely, cool, man. Um, the but yeah, that's that's it on United um, and the West Ham game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, West Ham has lost top four. United are in top four. 
Arsenal has uh, lost all four, but they still have a game at hand. And uh, Tottenham, obviously, I think, have about two to three games at hand. So we'll see how that... Tottenham, if Tottenham win their next game, then they, I think they, they'll be in that yeah. position. Yeah, but they'll be. For now, they are out of it. Yeah. Yeah. No. So speaking of oh. Tottenham... Yeah, Chelsea. Tottenham. Yeah, Chelsea, man. You guys finally broke your uh, drawing streak slash losing streak or not winning streak. It's <laughs> Whatever. Been, honestly, man, it's been it's been really frustrating, like watching Chelsea, and you can also tell from like the Brighton game, like wait, we should have not even had a point, bro. <laughs> to be telling you straight up, like Brighton played way better than us. They looked way better on the day. And mm-hmm. I keep I keep saying this thing. I'm like the system right now that Tuchel is playing. Yes, it's what he's used to. But bro, you don't have the personnel on those two sides no more, right? Like the wing backs that will come and cause the trouble. You don't have that. So they, we need to like kind of like figure out something to switch it up. And like, bro, my God, Brighton a draw specialist. They just wait for you to <laughs> score a goal, and then they equalize. <laughs> And after that, that's it. The game is done. They have they have like 60-70% ties. Yeah. Since uh Grand Potter has been their manager, and people are talking about Grand Potter should go to freaking uh United. I'm like, you guys must be lost. You guys want ties? <laughs> yeah. You know, he, Chelsea, he, Chelsea he, were looking like the D boys because of all the freaking ties. <laughs> I fucking hate ties. But yeah, no. The, the honestly though, the the United um, rumors are some of the stupidest rumors I've ever seen. Graham yeah. Potter should not be anywhere close to United right now. <laughs> He's not ready for that. He's not that level. It's not his level. He will succumb under the pressure. He will fail. Like mm-hmm. I, I I know this. Him, the other guy that they, that you. This drives me insane. Anytime people bring these two names up, Potter and Rogers. They are not yeah. ready. I like Potter. I like Potter a lot. Please don't get me wrong. Brendan Rodgers, I'm kind of like, man. But Potter, absolutely like him. But mm-hmm. he is not ready for that step up yet. And you can tell, like, his teams draw games. They don't win games. He can, yeah. he can, he can, yeah, he's missing his strikers. But he has experience in Daniel Welbeck. And even though Daniel Welbeck is not the scorer of goals, he still has Daniel Welbeck, right? Mm-hmm. But people need to lay off the Potter train. Like, and another thing too is Everton now uh, looking for a manager, and people keep mentioning Potter. But you know, he will fail there because every yeah. other manager has failed there. Yeah, right. And he'll go there yeah. and keep getting ties, and they'll get relegated. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, I don't. I don't think so. But I. I just. I just feel like it's. It's not. Um, it's a. It, his name gets brought up for everybody thing, and it's just like people just need to chill. Let him yeah. do his job at Brighton. I think it's the the English the English media, right? so yeah, the English hype. It's like let him let him do his job. Let him finish. Let us know where he's gonna end this year. Let's let's see let him how grow, him more. Yeah, right. So yeah, yeah, yeah man. But uh, back to Chelsea. Um, Chelsea were has were have been and we're we're looking like the, the new D boys, <laughs> like Felix. <Yeah. laughs> Because we are just, if you look at our record right now, it's like seven ties, man. <laughs> like yeah. seven seven ties in the past, like maybe 10 games. Then the loss to City and then the loss to West Ham. You know what I mean? So it was just ties, 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 ties. And then, mm-hmm. um, but this this game, the game against Brighton was just so bad. I was like, 
I was like, man, we don't even deserve this point, bro. We should, we should. And I'm like, Toko needs to do something. This looked like fucking when Rogers was playing against Frank Lampard. You know what I mean? That's how yeah. Toko looked like, as if he didn't know what the hell was going on. And like, like he, he had no answers whatsoever of what was going on. Right. And I was just like, wow, okay, there's problems here. I'm like, what do you do now as a manager? You adapt, right? You adapt. You don't have the personnel that you need no more to play this system. But you do have the personnel to play another system that you're also well-versed in, right? Mm -hmm. So come the Tottenham game. So now, mind you, that I was watching the game uh, Leicester against Tottenham, right? The, in midweek. And I was like, wow, Conte is about to lose his first game in the Premier League. And it was like the 89th minute, it was 2-1, right? 2-1, because like, Leicester, Leicester um, took, the, took the lead, I think it was like the 86th or 85th minute. And it was 2-1, and I was like, holy shit, like, Conte is about to lose. And, and they played a really good game. Like, they should have not lost that game. They should have fucking won it. That's what I was thinking. Then all yeah. of a sudden, here comes the switch. In freaking two, three minutes, Tottenham scored two goals. No, they scored two goals in, in, in a minute, actually. Two minutes. They scored two goals in two minutes. Bergwijn. In the last second, yeah. Yeah, Bergwijn comes, scores the, the, the first one. Then he comes, Harry Kane links up this beautiful ball, but Bergwijn just goes and beats Schmeichel and then, like, just sends it to, like, the left four post. The ball hits the post. As the ball is going into the net, uh, Soyeon Chu just hits it with his hand, and I was yeah. just like, that's a goal. I'm like, that is crazy. What a moment. What an absolutely crazy moment in the Prem. And, yeah. um, and then I was like, we have to play these guys on fucking on Sunday. And I was like, Tuku better not do the same shit that he did against Brighton and he did against the other teams that he got those ties in. Because you know that's what they're going to be looking for. The lock up the freaking the, the spot, right? But then came the game on Sunday against Tottenham and I was like, I looked, I looked and I saw the I saw the formation and I was like, thank God. <laughs> I was just like, thank God, bro. He's playing a 4-1-4-1, which is pretty much like an inverted 4-3-3. So I was basically like, yes, now this works. Like, this is what we should be going for. This is what he, the, the attack of Chelsea needs. Because if you if you look at it, we're more, we excel more in the 4-3-3 rather than any other formation. Unless if like you go back to the Antonio era, where it was like the 3-5-2. That's where we were excelling as well. So now Chelsea's versed in, in all these um in all these formations. So they know how to play it. So a 4-1-4-1 is nothing different. It's not too much too crazy different from a 4-3-3. So now that allowed that allowed these guys to stay in their wing in their in their left back and their right back rows properly. But then you now gave Mount and you now gave uh Ziyech and Hassan Odoi the freedom to do what they do. And that's when the, we started to see the success because we put we pushed them all the way back into their own half. Like you thought Tottenham would come out and play, but no, bro. And I gotta give a special shout out for the past like two two games, man. Malang Sar has been showing some crazy things in this game. He showed even more. And he's a left back. He wasn't even playing center back or left center back. He was playing yeah. as a left back. And like I was just like, wow, he's playing such a good game. And like. Then came that chance. Like Lukaku had a two, two, three chances. He should have buried first off. 
I'm just thinking like, nigga, why did we pay 100 million for you, bro? Matter of fact, <laughs> to put this, to put this, to put this in retrospect, I've always Lukaku was never my first choice. Chelsea went for him, but my first choice is is something that people don't even even know. My first choice, I may have said it maybe a few times, but I've said Luka Jovic. The right. reason why I say that. Like you, you've heard me say this, right? You've yeah. heard me say, "Look, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it was on the pod, but I've heard you say it outside, uh, uh, at least outside the pod for sure." Yeah, and I was yeah. like, the reason I say Luka Jovic is because, to me, you ask me who is like the second coming of Drogba, I would say Luka. The, the reason why is because I know he can be physical. I know he has a great touch. He's not going to be fucking around. He can hold the ball properly and move the ball well. Like, you just need to play him, play him consistently, and he will show you things. But these niggas decide, oh, we want Lukaku. I'm, I, sometimes I, I think and I'm like, I get it, you're a high-profile club. I love that we are a high-profile club. But there's nothing wrong with looking at some low-profile players, man. Like, Think about if you had Jovic playing alongside with Timo Werner or playing alongside with Pulisic, then that shit will come alive like crazy because Jovic would just, you guys can use Jovic as a bouncing ball pretty much, just like Lukaku playing the target man. But Jovic is more technical than Lukaku, so he would be able to exact way more than Lukaku does, right? And finishing chances... Jovic does not fuck around, bro. <laughs> he does not fuck around. He's in that box, and when he's in there, the ball comes to him, it's a goal. He scored against Chelsea in the Europa League uh, semifinals twice. Twice. So it was like um, that was always the guy that I wanted. It was never Lukaku. Lukaku now, because, because Chelsea decided to go for Lukaku, then, and they got him. And I was like, obviously, he's a Chelsea player. I'm a supporter Chelsea player. But these game, I was just like, Bro, this is where you need to bust a net. This is where it's like it's so crucial to what you need to do to prove to the Chelsea fans that you are here with us. Because still, I don't think a lot of people are, are really like uh, this man is still thinking about Inter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people are still saying that they're like because of the performances that he's putting up, right? And like, and it's like. It's understandable because sometimes you look at it and you're like, man, he could be playing so much better, so much better. Like you should not be missing scuffing chances that are so easy to to bury, especially for a player that's so um, deemed world-class like you, you know, like you can't miss those chances in the box, man. Like that's your bread and butter. If your bread and butter is gone, what are you fucking creating, bro? You know? So I was just like, man, I'm like, bro, if if we can just go and get Jovic <laughs> and bring him here, you know what I mean? And he was on such a good, bro, Jovic was on loan for Real. They were saying they wanted Jovic to go on loan. I was like, you guys are stupid. I remember when Jovic wanted to come to Chelsea, but Chelsea had the transfer ban. So they couldn't buy him. And he was actually one of the main targets that, that season. Mm-hmm. And so when, uh, when uh, what's his name, um, Lampard came in, Jovic went and signed to Real, right? Jovic signed to Real, uh, Hazard went to Real as well. But I was always like, 
this is the dude, man. This is the guy. Like, but no, Chelsea I, had my chance with Brown, couldn't get him. I know you keep mentioning Jovic, but um, I will say this one thing. I haven't watched enough of Jovic, um, mm-hmm. but I, but I, the only thing I'm going to be very cautious of is players who haven't really done anything worth of note. Now I yeah. know Real, I know Real Madrid is a, you know, one of those clubs, right? Like they're that big. Yeah. They have so many. They have pedigree. They have multiple players at a high level. I I get all mm-hmm. of that. But at the same breath, um, you know, there's a lot of managers who have been there who he hasn't really shown what he can or what he cannot do. And I and, and I like to use my eyes to see how good of a player it is, right? Like I try to yeah. stay away from like, oh, you know, because I the same you say the same thing with Donny Van der Beek, right? Like, oh, he's not getting the chance, he's not getting the minutes. Uh, so he must he must suck, right? But you know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't buy that, right? Like there's a lot mm-hmm. of things that, I don't that, that makes, yeah, there's a lot of things that makes a player great. But I would say one thing, maybe a couple of times I have seen him given a shot, and I'm like, who is that striker? Um, he hasn't really impressed. He hasn't really shown me that, hey, I am good enough, uh, you know, for uh, at, at this level. Um, mm-hmm. And I think in the world, in the world of Chelsea, like I know, you know, the fan base of Chelsea, we Chelsea fan base fight each other like crazy. They argue over everybody thing. But the one thing I will say is they will not put up with um you know gaffes or the stakes or some of the misses right that like uh or the or the things that he does and uh you know uh, kind of gets away with and i know real madrid had like set the standards of fan base because real madrid will boo you if you're having a bad game it'll boo your ass um of course. but i i will say i don't know if you if he if he's you guys's answer in fact i will actually will say i don't know if you guys have heard of duzan vlahovic um and do something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chelsea, Chelsea is also in for him as well. Yeah, I would say you guys should get that instead of Jovic because mm. uh, Dusan Vlaovic plays in Serbia national team as much as he does, as much yeah. as Jovic does, right? So, yeah. um, you know, I, I think it's a Serbian national uh, team, but either way, um, uh, the 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 one thing I will say is Dusan Vlaovic should be if you're looking at that kind of player he's technical he's beasty like uh, Haaland is um, and he's a force to be reckoned with he doesn't he doesn't care about the kind of uh, uh, players he's playing against I I would say he should be the guy that you guys should be looking at that's my own two cents uh, this mm-hmm. Jovic thing trust me I don't think I don't think Chelsea would go for him uh, and in fact I actually have a feeling that if anything he's gonna be going back uh, to, like, you know, a smaller team to try to get his career back up and running um, yeah. after Real Madrid stint. Uh, I feel like you know, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of players make this mistake and they go to Real Madrid way too early. And yeah, I agree they're with so, you. They're so tempted but, with it and it's like, yeah, but, the money's but the good, but, bro, you got to – there's a different pedigree over there, right? And sometimes, sometimes it's also politi- uh, political, right, as well. So. I, I hear you. I hear you. But on the same breath, you can mention that. But you can also say there's a certain guy like, um, what they call it, Vinicius Jr. There's a certain yeah. guy like Rodrigo who all went there at a young age and they're absolutely wrecking it, right? Yeah. Now, now they're wrecking it. But earlier they were not. No, it took them, like, what, maybe a year or two, right? Yeah. yeah. Jovic is taking way longer. I, the way I look at it, man, is, look – Real Madrid weeds out the shit out of you. Like, 
yes, I agree. You need to build yourself up before you go there. I don't think you should be jumping over to um, Real Madrid too early. But at the same time, there's some players, if you have it, you have it. If you don't have it, you mm -hmm. don't have it. That's, yeah. that's I really believe in that. Like, if you've got it, you've got it. Yeah, the environment may not be the right environment for you, and you will find your way. If you're a smart player, you'll be inching for a move the moment you know this ain't it. Yeah. So I like I like to put the onus on those players. Like, for example, people always say, oh, I blame uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for Lingard um, and Lingard not leaving. He made him promises that he couldn't keep. He did all this mm -hmm. stuff. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. He made him promises, but the player still stayed. If if you're serious about leaving, you would throw, like, remember when Lukaku left United, the guy yeah. literally, what he did was, oh, um, uh, uh, what they call it? Uh, you I'm gonna, know. I'm gonna train in Brussels. Yeah, I'm gonna train him, but I'm not gonna play. It pissed off all of us, but he made a decision for him. Look at him now. He's a, he's a, a Serie A title winner. Mm -hmm. he, wouldn't been, he wouldn't have won the Premier League with Manchester United. So yeah. you know, so that's the thing. You have to, you have to be brave enough to say, I. You have to bet on yourself and say, I am good enough to mm -hmm. leave the team. If you're not good enough, then you're going to suck and you're going to stay there and then earn a paycheck. Um, it's like Martial right now. Martial believes I'm good enough to be starting over the guys you're playing right now. You're playing yeah. kids like uh, Ethan Langa over me. Hell no. I am mm -hmm. that player and I'm willing to back myself on that. Yeah. Right? So yeah. that's why I always say jo Jovic needs to tell himself I'm good enough to move to a different team. You guys sell me. So I can go make my career elsewhere. That's that is what good players do. Good players don't sit down and just say, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna accept it." Right? Van der Beek, he, he, he was he was inching. He um he wanted to go. Right? Bro. Real also wanted him to go, but they put him on on for loan. So you know they want they want him to go and earn some minutes and then come back. But I'm I'm still like, yeah, he should have definitely pushed for a move out, right? Because yeah, it wasn't it wasn't working, right? The, the, the the manager was playing uh, Benzema all the time, and Benzema yeah. was creating. So, if if one striker is creating in Real Madrid, what's the point of playing another one, right? That's how they look at it, right? So, but yeah, uh, one time long ago, there was a player who got bought for uh, what was his name? Uh, uh, got bought for thirty something million uh, from uh, Marseille, and he ended up becoming one of the greatest Chelsea players ever, <laughs> Didier Drogba. I'm saying, man, sometimes it don't matter. Like, he wasn't even a high-profile player, bro. Like, but they went and they bought but, him. No, but, like, no, no, no. You can't make that comparison to Didier. Didier was another, was another thing. You know, the guys – and also another thing, too, people – one of the biggest myths is people think Didier was a prolific scorer. He no, he wasn't. He actually, he, he actually wasn't. He actually was not actually a prolific scorer. Yeah. But the thing is, DDA brought his players into the game. And it was like, um, what do you call it? He didn't score a lot of goals. And to get even on the starting, on the, on the starting lineup, it took a while. It actually took a while, right? So, like, he played, like, a few games. And then after that, he was benched. And then they, he, had to, he had to bide his time and work and work hard. And it, it wasn't until, I think he's, like, his third, like, middle... Um, early third seasons, uh, late, late seconds, where he was actually now starting to, like, show promise. Then if, uh, if that's that the case, if that's the case, then, then you guys, then you as a Chelsea fan needs to figure out 
what you want out of this. Because to be honest, Lukaku, yeah, sure, some passes bounce off him, you know, things don't look right, blah, blah, blah. But on this game, the game against Tottenham I watched, he actually, like, played decent in terms of moving the ball to his uh, uh, teammates, you know, getting yeah, them that, involved in the play. That is, don't, 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 don't interrupt this because it's a big thing now that I'm catching on from you Chelsea fans. You guys don't know what you want. Lukaku is one of the least selfish strikers out there on the thing. He, In fact, he's one of those players that sometimes people are like, look, this guy should have shot instead of passing. This guy should have, mm-hmm. yes, his touch is terrible. Yes, his technique is terrible. But the one thing Lukaku gives you is he's a hold-up striker that can still find his teammates, right? You just got to find yeah. a way to play the ball into him. And and I think, if anything, Tuchel actually did this better than better than uh, he did previously. In fact, he found ways to get him into it. All he needs to do now is be much more careful of the ball and bury his chances. But, yeah. you know, you guys all make it sound like it's so bloody goddamn easy. Like, there's, they know he Lukaku likes contact, so they're going to put two or three guys on him. Conte knows, yeah. if anything, Conte knows Lukaku better than anybody because, hell, he just won a championship with the guy. So, yeah. whenever, when you guys are like, oh, uh, 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 you know, he, we need a striker that, you know, scores and all this stuff. Okay, he has a bad touch. He's played against the best teams and he's struggling. But, mm-hmm. so, you guys didn't get him against the best teams. And then, on the other hand, you have Didier Drogba, who did score a lot of goals. At the end of the day, Lukaku can give you what you want. It's just you, Chelsea fans, need to figure out what you want from him. I'm not yeah. defending the guy because I like him. You, you know what I think about him. I still think, as a tech, as a footballer, like footballer, when you see techers on a football pitch, this guy, this guy, this guy will not even be on the Calgary football pitch. Guys, yeah. guys will outplay him. We know boys out here in Calgary that will play this guy off the park. The difference mm-hmm. is the beast. He's physical. You, you know. And all that stuff. The thing is, the yeah. coaching needs to find a way to get this guy involved. You, you know what you paid a hundred million pounds for. You know what you paid for that. And and Tuchel sanctioned the coach that you guys all love. Sanctioned that deal, right? So mm-hmm. don't start don't stop squabbling about like, oh, you know, um, uh, you, you see that he's not doing this, he's not doing that, he's not doing this. You guys won the game two nothing. I saw him get get more involved in the play than he was against City. I saw him yeah. do a couple better things than he did. But it's either if you want to score, then maybe go for like you know I don't know Haaland or something or Vlaovic. If you want a guy that we want balls bouncing off him and you'll be bringing off bringing players involved in the game, then maybe Lukaku is your guy because he's already doing that. In fact, I'm actually watching him right now spray a pass out wide to uh, Hudson Odoi after they played it past into him. So all this stuff you're talking about, like Jovic, bro, as much as I I don't like Lukaku, I'll tell you this, Jovic is not as good as Lukaku. Let's be real. He is not as good as Lukaku. And and, and if Jovic Jovic wants to bet on himself and show everybody how good he is, then let him get into a team that that we can see him week in, week out, and then he can do his business. But if not, we shouldn't be talking about Jovic as the guy. You have other players that you guys could talk about. But Jovic, come on, man. Really? Huh? Hello? Yeah, I'm on. I'm on. I got you. I hear you. Okay. Yeah, man. But um, it's not like I didn't say Lukaku was playing bad. I just said he did not finish the chances that he should have finished, right? 
that's what that's one thing I'm saying. Like this game, he was more better when it came to like holding the ball up. You saw that even with the pressure came on, like he was good at passing the ball off and spraying the passes. I'm not go I'm not giving that giving him that against. But what I'm saying is like your bread and butter is in that box. You know what I mean? They pass you the ball, it's sent to you, you're right there. Don't miss it, man. Don't miss it. Know that these are the times where you need to be clinical. And it happened three times, three or four times, actually. So it was like, finish your chances, man. Fin finish your chances. Don't put us under pressure so we're not under unnecessary pressure. Because what happens if Ziyech did not have a crazy-ass left wand, right? <laughs> what happens if he couldn't if he couldn't bury that? What happened if we never got that free kick against... Uh, um, uh, uh, that Mason Mount linked that ball for Thiago Silva. What happened? What, what what happens then? Then we're looking at, oh, this guy did not bury his chances, right? But other than that, he played a good game. He played a good game. What I'm saying, he just needs to bury his chances. Now, going over to ZX left wand of a foot. <laughs> Magic. Magic. Hudson Odoi, the system... And the four one four one was perfect because it allowed these guys to do their thing. And this is what I've been saying. Tuku's system, right? It, it, the one he's been using before, the three four three, it's it's been great. We've won Champions League with it, but now teams are finding ways to nullify our threats. This is where we adapt, right? And this is what Tuku did. I'm pretty sure somebody whispered in his ears, or he himself, he's a brilliant man. He understood that. He understood like, hey, we're not getting as much chances as we used to, so why don't we just go, fuck it, throw this system on, play the personnel that we need, and see what happens there. And this was perfect, because I think this even is a game where Pulisic would love to even want to come and play, Right? But obviously, yeah. he didn't get the chance to come and play it because, like, that was the system that would have fit him ten times better. Um, eventually, I think when we create uh, um, our YouTube and everything and fix everything up and start doing videos, I will touch on what has happened to Pulisic. I think people need to know, not to, not calling the boy trash all the time. I don't get it. Like, you don't understand the way when when a system changes and the system doesn't suit you anymore. How can you still be that fucking player? You know what I mean? So people need to understand that. Eventually in time, I will do a video like that and then I will educate people on why this is not working out right now for Pulisic. But um, this game was brilliant because then we got the we got we got, we went out ahead from the from that ZX foot on the left side curled top bins. That was perfect. Like Yoris could have, all he all he could do was just watch it go in, bro. He couldn't even die for it. Like it was just that brilliant. And he curled it through defenders too. And then uh, Ziek had another chance with his left foot again, and it was another as it, sort of like the same thing. But this one wasn't a curler; it was a shot. But it was going in too. But Yoris was more um, prompted to to save this one, and he did. Then we get a free kick, uh, Hudson Odoi. Um, now they, they um, uh, it was 1-0, I think, heading into the um, heading into like the second half. Uh, what's his name? Tanganga, I think it was Jaffet Tanganga. He got like a, a yellow card in the first half, and I was uh, I was saying, I was like, now he has a yellow card, this is the time to put a pressure on him. Send somebody there, Hudson Odo is good with it. 
Hudson Odoi was always cutting in and cutting in and cutting in. So Tangenga was not really uh um what do you call it doing that much because he was going away from him. But then Tangenga got that yellow card, so I was like, put more pressure on him. And that's what Hudson Odoi did. Took that ball, went down the line, and kept running. Tangenga held him. They fouled him. Boom. Because he was like, he, that That was the space. That was the space that we could have exploited because if he gets another yellow card, it's a red, right? And then yeah. here comes Mason Mount with his delivery and another, another magic foot sent in. Tiago Silva is there, heads it in. Boom, 2-0. Uh, up until then, the whole game, we were we had chances. We just didn't bury them. And then uh, in the second half, like, it looked like Tottenham were going to do something, but not really. We blocked everything out, blocked everything out. And then eventually we just took the, the game and gave Antonio Conte his first defeat of the Premier League season. And uh, it was good to see because if it, if, if it came down to a point where Antonio Conte would be the one who was like, um, what do you call it, um, that defeated us and still we weren't able to inflict our first uh, his first defeat, then it wouldn't feel right. But I think this felt much right. I, it was sad, though, because, you know, I love Antonio Conte. Still one of my favorite managers, but, you know, Chelsea all the way anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was good. I think, uh, you know, Ziyech uh, finally did his thing. And mm-hmm. I honestly think Tuku made the changes that were necessary for his uh, uh, for the performance to work the way it should, um, yes. especially with that uh, defensive side of things. I think... Um, uh, put it in Langsar over uh, 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 Alonso. Was, yeah, was a good call considering Marcos is struggling. Um, and on the same, uh, thinking of the same mindset there, um, I think that uh, the the key thing for um, uh, what you call it uh, for Tuchel is um, not only just the formation wise, but also having different ideas of how. He wants to get, um, you know, uh, his team scoring because this Chelsea team, regardless of what everybody says, just needs to score goals. That's kind of yeah. the biggest, the biggest yes. problem. The That's that, that that is the thing. We need to score goals. I've been saying it for so long. You got to be clinical. You got to score them goals, man. You know. Yeah. So if we had scored all the goals that we needed to score, we'd still be in the fucking race for the title, right? So. Yeah. And that responsibility shouldn't rest on one guy. No matter how much of a terrible football player Romelu Lukaku could be, yeah, um, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, obviously, this is tongue in cheek, but uh, I still think that once again, I still think he's the missing piece uh, for you guys. Um, you guys have everything. It's just you guys now have to to make it work. And uh, the last thing I also want to add, it's only, it's not even. He hasn't even been with the team for a year. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people are already jumping on his case, and I'm just like, man, like I think, I think honestly, like he he made that situation for himself. Like, sure, sure. The reason people are jumping on him is because yeah. of that stupid shit he made. He did with that interview, right? Yeah, yeah. You you could say that, but still, people are already jumping on him, and I feel I still think it is too too early, uh, to to do that. And I, I also kind of in a way, I also think people just. Overblew that whole thing. Um, the once again, the 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 interview aired uh, three or mm-hmm. the interview was completed three weeks before that uh, pivotal game, right? Against um, yeah, yeah, it came out late. Yeah, yeah. So 
uh, people can say whatever they want to say, but isn't I there? That, the, the, uh, I sorry. Isn't there like like uh, clauses on your contract against things like this? That's why. No, that's why he got no, fined, right? That's why he no, got fined one uh, one week salary. He could have. I don't know. I don't think there's any big clause. Maybe there is, but who cares? At the end of the day, I don't think it's that big of a deal as people made it out to be. It's the same thing as people made. People always like to over like make everything extra dramatic when it's just like, look, guys, like it's not that serious. It's not as bad as it seems. You know, mm-hmm. it's not the, he's not the reason why y'all ain't winning games. Like, you guys need to just fucking put your chances in the net, right? So, yeah. um, you know, that at the end of the day, is the right thing. It was it the right thing that Tuchel did, absolutely. But as, yeah. but at the same time, it's not as it's not as big as people are crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, um, I think we need to jump off because we've already pushed an hour. Uh, but uh, let's jump over into some other stuff. Um. Uh, some uh, updates, uh, starting off with uh, uh, Everton. Everton, uh, once again, that big dunk's first uh, game, um, I believe it was against Aston Villa. Yeah, it was, yeah, CVG. I just want to say something, man. Honestly, Steven Gerrard, bro, the fact that this guy is 40 years old and his hairline is still intact, bro. <laughs> And his hair is still fully grooming. This guy is a legend, my guy. He he, he still he has good genes, man. He has good genes. Yeah, so. my yeah. goodness. But it, even it's even showing like how he's uh, very very tactical aware of like uh, what's going on in his team and and improving them because like they've improved a lot more even now. So, um, and it's it's just like it's like watching. Um, Things just coming together, you know what I mean? Like that Aston Villa game against Everton was just marvelous, man. Holy cow! Like it was a really good, it was a really good watch. I actually got up really early and watched that game, and I was surprised, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, he's uh, uh no, seriously, uh, Jared is really doing well. But the one thing I wanted to say is, uh, for Everton, Everton, I don't know why I keep covering these guys, but. I always find them fascinating because Everton really look like one of those teams that think that they're bigger than what they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, you can say made based on history and all that. I get it. Like we're not from England. We can't speak to, you know, that, but I understand the history of Everton. I understand this club is a big club in terms of like the uh, Barclays Premier League or the English pyramid in football. Mm-hmm. But yeah. why I'm saying this is because, and, and I don't think, uh, Duncan, um, Duncan Ferguson was going to give them anything crazy or, you know, yeah. change or anything. Yeah, but I would just say the one thing I, 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 I've been saying and I've been telling people, like, don't, everything needs to be mindful. They need to be careful now. They're looking at it. They're, they're looking at uh, uh, relegation. Relegation, big time, mm-hmm. because guess what happened? Newcastle won. So this is kind of the, the 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 side by side that I wanted to kind of chat about, right? So mm-hmm. Newcastle, um, Newcastle beat um, uh, what they call it, uh, 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 Leeds, and I think they put them one point just by Everton. Um, yeah. And the one thing you gotta understand is Everton, might, their mindset hasn't been thinking like, oh, we're gonna be in a rele- relegation scrap. I think they were kind of thinking, oh, you know, we got Benitez, we're gonna be pushing, you know, top four, blah blah blah, or top six. Um, 
But the reality is they, they're thinking way bigger than they think they should be. This team should be thinking about at least getting to, at least if they want to start uh, uh, looking at getting anything, let's talk about survival. Yeah. Survival first. <laughs> because this year, they're not gonna they're not gonna get anywhere. They, 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 there are three terrible terribly run clubs in England right now. And that's mm-hmm. number one, Derby County, number two, Manchester United, and mm-hmm. number three, Everton. In my mm-hmm. opinion, those mm-hmm. are the three worst run clubs. And um uh, to be honest, uh, uh people uh, you know, people should really watch out for this. So, anyway, the, they sacked their manager, and I mean, I guess rightfully so, but I still think they should have kept him because he was in it for the long run. And if you look at what they did, they sold Lucas Dinia, which is hilarious. They sold Lucas Dinia, and uh, and then they sacked Rafa Benitez. So, why did you sell Lucas Dinia then? Why didn't you just keep Lucas Dinia then? For the, for the, the new point? manager. Yeah, for the new manager, they should have kept him. Yeah, what was the point of selling him and then sacking uh what they call him uh, Rafa? Yeah. You might as well you might as well have kept Rafa. And apparently they 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 also sacked their whole like medical staff, like you know, director, all this stuff. They were sacking people left, right, and center. And then yeah, they, they, they sacked everybody because I think uh um they want they want a new uh a football director of football that's gonna take them a new direction now. And I guess like they, they had so many injuries that the injuries were not being recovered properly, and like they felt like their the Evertonian uh, medical system was outdated. So they also did that. So maybe maybe firing the director of football is a good thing. They're gonna find another guy who's gonna come in and like help them find the right man for the, for what they want to do. But uh, it's gonna take some time, obviously. But fighting a relegation battle right now doesn't make it any easier, right? So. Mm-hmm. They need uh... what, what, what they should have what they should have done what they should have done they should have fired the director of football kept Rafa get a new director of football who comes in and fires Rafa yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> not the other way around <laughs> you know what I mean like the new director of football comes because because literally they're not gonna they don't want to make a big difference right now anyway right so yeah, yeah, yeah. let him stick with his plan figure out what needs to be done get the right results from these players. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, you're looking for somebody to replace him. And then the moment you fire Rafa, you get somebody in right away. Yeah. Right? The new director was going to come in and say, okay, look, I want to play more expansive. Or I want to play very tight defensive football. I want to play heavy metal football. Okay, yeah. guess what? Let's, let us let me fire Rafa now because I have already mm-hmm. – or let me interview these guys, line them up, have them ready, then I fire Rafa. And then sorry, yeah. Rafa, look – Rafa may have won a game or two games and say, look, honestly, we want to move in a different direction and you're not the guy, right? Yeah. That's what they should have done. But instead, anyway, so they're just, I said, like, you know, Derby County right now is one of the worst clubs that are being run. Yeah, what happened What happened with Derby anyway? Like, why are they well, below? Why are they negative 21 points or negative 25 points? Well, I think they finally kind of broke it, but um, that the club mm-hmm. is a poorly run club. They, um, Rooney, um, obviously, you know, the manager actually has been putting some of his own money on in oh, the club. Wow. Yeah, that's how bad it is. Yeah, they, um, there's a, I don't know if you guys have ever listened to the football weekly podcast i think you guys should listen to those last week they did like a full coverage on what's going on with derby 
Um, and uh, well, we're football, football Weekly. Yeah, football, football Weekly podcast by, by the Guardian, and uh, basically, um, uh, the owner is in debt. They owe a lot of people money. Uh, uh-huh. They just really run, and uh, they need to sell players to be able to generate money. They've already taken a minus twenty-one point deduction, which Rooney has helped them like get back to you know even. I think they finally are like three points or something crazy. Uh-huh. Um, and on the other side too, as well. Um, by February, actually, they're saying they may cease to exist as a football club. That's really so, sad. So, regard, regardless of whatever they do, they may cease to become a. They may cease to be a football club uh, just because they, they have they, so much debt. Yeah, yeah, so much debt. That's so, crazy. Yeah, and the funny thing is, Rooney now is linked. For the Everton job. job, yeah, Everton's job, yeah, and the crazy thing as well is also um, Lampard is actually the front runner now, and uh, they're supposed to hold uh, meetings with Rooney now, and Lampard's supposed to have his second interview tomorrow, and um, yeah, so it could either be Lampard or Rooney as the next manager for Everton, right? If if, if I'm Rooney, if I'm Rooney. I would I would bid my time. I would not go to Everton right now. I would stay at Derby, ride that ship. If it sinks, it sinks. You sink with it. You 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 know, you, you get your uh, floaters out and then save some of players and then you guys get out of there, right? Yeah, but in yeah. the meantime, ride that ship all the way till it sinks. Once it sinks, then you you you, you leave. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than like dipping, going to Everton. The Everton job, honestly, it's another poison chalice. Yeah, exactly. I have a feeling that Lampard, if he gets it, he probably gets sacked in a couple of years. Like, that's just how bad that club is run. Like, it's not mm-hmm. going to be a fault of Lampard or anybody. It's yeah. going to be fault of the, the ownership who, who run it so poorly that yeah. literally all he needs to do is just think about it and say, look, you know what? I'm I'm out. I just got to dip. You know, I got other things to do. So, you know, uh, uh, be- before... Um... What do you call it? Before Rafa was hired, the front, the the main guy who they wanted was Lampard, eh? And uh, he actually turned him down. <laughs> so I don't understand why now he's gonna fucking go there. But like, it's yeah, kind of weird. Maybe maybe he's just maybe he's just tired of waiting for another job, and he just says, "Okay, fuck yeah. it, not, let's go do this. See what happens." Been, yeah, same thing as Conte, right? Conte didn't want Tottenham, and then guess what happened? <laughs> he's now with Tottenham. Exactly. So, <laughs> managers yeah. always people always say no at first and then later they're like you know what nobody wants me so I'm going to take it but yeah. the thing is if Lampard goes in there does a phenomenal job he will look like a hero right so the thing, uh, but, yeah the, the risk of him failing and getting shot on is low because people will say well it's not his fault if you look at everybody else it's everybody else that's been fucking up for this uh, team yeah. right so yeah. Um. He can. He can. He can go there and leave with his head held high. I think. You he- know. I would have. I would have actually liked it. Like. Uh. For Lampard to actually already be the Everton manager. So when that game. Um. On the Saturday against Aston Villa, it would have been Lampard against Gerrard. <laughs> That'll be cool. Yeah. That will be. That would yeah. be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been sick. Yeah. But cool. yeah. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's the thing on Everton, man. This club is fascinating me, man. Every single time I I listen to what they're doing, it uh, absolutely fascinates me. So, yeah. Um, yeah how, how... Sorry. 
No, I say we'll see. Maybe maybe them firing the director of football might bring them some luck. <laughs> maybe, but maybe. Only, but I, only, I, only time will tell. Only time will tell. Yeah, but I think that club has been deeply rooted in the shits. It's the same problem with United. People... Mm-hmm. Even, so clubs like, as I said, Derby, um, uh, what you call it, uh, United... Um, uh, Everton, even Watford, because they fired uh, Claudio Ranieri today. I actually tweeted that that guy's going to get... Sounds like that. Literally, (laughs) what they need is a mosaic or mosaic figure to save them. Yeah. And and that mosaic type of figure can come in a director of football, it could come in new ownership, or it could come with Mm -hmm. a manager. Right? Or in some cases, it could yeah. be a player. It could be a player. A player comes in, right. lifts them up. You know, they, they everybody mm-hmm. everybody loves watching them again. People want to go. You know, people buy tickets just to try to watch the game. So raising the stock of the club up again. Uh, but uh, yeah. literally, you need a messianic type of figure in those situations. You cannot. You cannot. You can no longer. Uh, be caught up in that in that situation, and sometimes you need all three. You need a new a new ownership, a new director of football, and a new manager, aka Liverpool, because Liverpool yeah. were that club for the longest time. And then guess what? They, the owners, uh, the previous owners left, um, and FSG bought the club. And then mm-hmm. the next was they got some new director of football involved, and then they got yeah. club, and everything yeah. changed. So you the, the, that is like. But you needed three of those, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm saying for you to you need to just get one that can solve if you can get one that can help solve a little bit of that problem. And kind of Rooney is doing that with Derby County right now. Yeah. That's why I'm saying he shouldn't leave. Because if he leaves, it would tarnish what he's trying to accomplish. Right, um, right. It would tarnish his reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh yeah, the the Rooney needs to uh, kind of stay, and I think that in clubs like that, you need those type of uh, uh, those type of figures to help up, help out, and and save the club in its own mm-hmm. way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool, man. Um, jumping over, uh, uh, Ranieri was fired <laughs> after yeah. their loss to uh, whoever it was played on Friday. No- Norwich. Norwich, yeah, Norwich, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Norwich, so, Norwich is now out of that uh, bottom three. <laughs> yeah, Norwich, man, like they, they are, they are really doing. Are they, are they actually out of the bottom three? Yeah, they're seventeenth right now. Interesting. Let me. Um, Everton, Everton is sixteen. They have two games in hand on Norwich. Damn, that's crazy. And the new and the guys who are t- who are t- the bottom three right now is Newcastle, Watford, and Burnley. Yeah, Newcastle. And Newcastle just won. That that is crazy. So things are really hitting up. Newcastle has a game at hand. If they win that game at hand, then they will be out of the they will be out of there. But um anyway. Bro, you wanna uh, you wanna you wanna know something? What? <laughs> Burnley what? Burnley has only won one game in the prem, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was um, Newcastle for a little bit. New, no, bro. Newcastle has only won two games in the first. I know. I know, but they, they only won. They didn't win a game for the longest time. Holy cow. Yeah. What, at, least, at least Watford won four. Four, yeah. <laughs> four games. 
Norwich has won four and Everton has won five and Leeds has won five. Yeah. Crystal Palace as well has only won five games, bro. And Southampton. What the hell, bro? <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> but yeah, no, the 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 Premier League is uh it's I've been saying it, there's been really bad teams this year. Like mm-hmm. the, the three, four teams are pretty bad. And and another thing too is remember COVID really hit a lot of teams. Yeah. So they have to yeah, they have to play with a lot of injuries and stuff and and speaking of which, the Premier League is clamping down on that because Burnley never seems to play any of their games. If yeah. they play those games and they win, guess what? They're out of the bottom zone again too, right? Yeah. So I think Burnley, Burnley is just trying to buy time because their main striker is injured. <laughs> yeah, well, you could say that, but I think it's and other then, teams canceling on them. It's not really them. Yeah, and then and then Burnley played uh, Arsenal on on Sunday and tied zero zero. Yep, they <laughs> did. Yeah, actually, another part. They also uh, part of the D boys. Nine nine ties. Yeah, <laughs> the D boys. That's the D boy squad. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, dude, like the, the nobody the, nobody compares to Brighton's twelve. <laughs> yeah, Bright, Brighton are the king of the D. Um, but anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the thing that uh, people people are you know burn people like I notice and people are going to be noticing a lot mm-hmm. is uh, these teams not not you know really playing any games and not doing so well and whatnot. So yeah, um, but anyway, cool. Let's jump over, man. Uh, we got uh, last couple of minutes here. We want to talk about the African Nations Cup. Oh my uh, god. Yeah, this uh, heartbreak. So I'll start it off right away. Heartbreak for my, uh, for, for, I was going to say Manchester United, for Nigeria. Um, yeah, but uh, as well, not just Nigeria, Ghana and Algeria, all these teams were out. I wanted to do a pod on this specifically because this was a big thing. Uh, yeah. Seeing Ghana get knocked out. And then the same thing with Algeria getting knocked out. And um, I actually heard somewhere that Algeria kind of were like not too fussed about it because they were like, yeah, we're okay with getting knocked out because the World Cup is what is on their mind. Yeah, um, yeah. So they were not too like upset about it compared mm-hmm. to uh, uh, Nigeria. Exactly, right? So, but uh, then Ghana, um, nothing, it couldn't have happened to, oh, See, I like Ghana, right? Ghana, Ghana. You know, we love the Ghana boys. We hang out with, um, you know, yeah. teams. But I hate those. I don't hate them, but those Andre, the Ayo brothers, drive me insane. Um, I think those boys let their country down because they just, you know, they whined every time, complained every time. It was just like guys, like just focus on the football match, yeah. focus on the football game itself, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, seeing all this stuff um, with uh, with uh, Ghana, I just said, look, at the end of the day, well deserved. You guys deserve to be knocked out because you guys were just on some on some mad joke. Um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, they're they're knocked out. But then the big one is Nigeria, and this mm-hmm. one, I'll let you I'll let you delve into this a little bit more. But I want you to kind of put a quick point. <laughs> I, for some reason, called this. I, I was like, in my head, I was like, the worst team Nigeria could draw is Tunisia. Yeah. Absolutely. I could not. 
when I saw that draw, I was just like, my God, we are going to, this is written in the stars. We're going to lose. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's I, I, I'd say, Team Haram Ball. They, even when, even when they were one man up, you, Nigeria was still creating the better chances. Yeah. Even when they were one, they were, they were one man up, and we're still creating the better chances. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, uh, it was a very bad matchup for us because they just, they know how to be dogged. They know how to stick on you. Um, you know, you can create your chances. If you don't score, they're going to win it. Uh, yeah. But once they score, good luck. They're going to have guys hanging off the posts. So exactly. they, they, they absolutely, they absolutely drove me insane. They but, did, they but did their homework. They did their homework. Yeah, fair play to them. Fair play to Tunisia. <laughs> they studied. They yeah. studied Nigeria so well. First half possession. They even had more possession than Nigeria in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, that's because you know they would take the ball up and then they would bring it back and then they would sell it, send it to their goalkeeper and they would reset. And then it was just it just got tedious. Nigeria had chances, just couldn't finish the chances. And then yeah. that's in the second half. Now came and then first minute of the first half of the second half. And then that shot from Yusuf and then Madoyo uh, Okoye, stupid as goalkeeping, we let that ball in. And uh, yeah, 1 0. Nigeria had some more chances. It will be got a red card accidentally. Um, <laughs> just a lot of things happening. I, there's a pattern that I've seemed to notice with, uh, with the AFCON this year. It's freaking those break leg tackles. Everybody has had record in every single uh, <laughs> round of sixteen game so far. There's been a record in every game in well, uh, Burkina Faso yeah. against Gabon. Gabon got a record. Yeah, well, Nigeria against we got a record. Guinea yeah. and Gambia both got records when they played today. Uh, uh, Comoros got a record against Cameroon. Didn't help them. Ah, oh, we have to touch on that Comoros and Cameroon game. Oh my God, man! Yeah, yeah. But, but real quick, real quick, before we touch on that, the Nigerian yeah. game, you know, did, did it will be deserved that record, or was it just the referee making a big mistake? It was, it was bad, man. Like you know, like he, he, he was in control of the ball. He was going to step to um, take another control of the ball because you know he was, he was kind of switching his. Uh, yeah, opening up his body and kind of like switching his direction, but then the the player from Tunisia put his leg there and, and he stepped on his uh, ankle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will. I, right from yeah, there. yeah. I will say one thing though. I will say this: the referee, honestly, no jokes aside. Like, I mean, sorry, jokes aside, mm-hmm. the refereeing has been awful. Has been yeah. it's been terrible because uh, that same the same day that happened between Nigeria and Tunisia in the Chelsea game, somebody stepped on Malangsar's leg uh, ankle the yeah. same way and never got a red card. Yeah, that was the hearty. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and seeing some of the, I I, I think the refereeing is always awful anyway. Like even in the Premier League, but I feel like with this, they just. I think that a, re- a Premier League referee will ref this game and be like, "Yeah, whatever." He will have control of the game. Yeah, but I yeah. think that um, uh, an African referee, like these guys, need better training. I feel like, and it's just yeah, they, they're, they're, card, they're card hungry, man. Yeah, <laughs> they're card they, happy. They need they need better better uh, better training, and it's okay to be card hungry because if you're card hungry in a game where it's extremely physical, and especially we know the African football 
It's yeah. very physical, very direct. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you got to protect those players. Yeah. But yeah. it should not be a red card for everything. Um, yeah. I first saw that and I was so mad at it will be because I was like, it will be always does stupid things. He's a yeah. useless player. This guy doesn't know how to do anything for uh, what they call it, Arsenal. That's why they sold him to Everton. I was cursing and throwing all this stuff. And I went back and I watched and I was like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If, I, if it I, will be, if it will be was playing that game, I don't think we would have lost. The same, Ian Nacho also caught a yellow card. And uh, another thing, too, we had to sub him and we subbed him for a Wobi for that same position. And Ian Nacho was so instrumental in getting the balls forward, right? It sucked that we had to lose him there. And then it will be not even a minute or two coming in and then getting a red card. So that was also bad, too. But what are we going to do? At the the end of the day, we have to look at ourselves – where a lot of people were saying the ref fucked the game up. I get it. Yes, yes, the ref uh, destroyed the game. But still, at the end of the day, we had four or five chances even after the fucking red card. We should have buried our chances. Exactly. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't, yeah. we didn't bury our chances, so we deserve to go home. Simple yeah, as that. That was that, that was the thing I was gonna say. I was like, look, still, we still had chances at the end of the game. Yeah, and we didn't take them. So that's yeah. enough. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we can't cool. we can't cry about it. We we now look forward to playing fucking Ghana in the, for the World Cup qualifiers, <laughs> which is some bullshit because this is the worst draw that we could have gotten again. No, no, I don't I don't think so. I think it could have been worse than that. Look at Senegal getting uh Egypt. So I yeah. don't want to I don't yeah, want to money. Yeah, I don't want of money or uh, what's his name um. So, Salah is going to miss the World Cup. So I don't think yeah. this is bad. I think Ghana is not a good team, and uh, Nigeria uh, should be able to beat Ghana. Uh, yeah. yeah. But the, I, thing, I, the thing is that Ghana got pissed as soon as they, they uh, got eliminated from that group stage. They fired their manager right away. But that, doesn't <laughs> always, that always doesn't mean anything, right? So Yeah. But if you look at it, the first two games that they're probably going to play is against us <laughs> with that new manager. So I don't even think they've, they've gotten a new one yet. But, yeah. uh, like, their first two games will probably be against us. And, and these are the honeymoon stages, man. So Nigeria has yeah. to be ready. We have to be ready to work. And not only that, we have to be clinical. Because we'll get the chances. We just need to finish them, right? And guys need to know when to put the ball in the back of the net when it's so dire of a situation. And to do that, we need to just have our heads up and be clinical, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so no, yeah, yeah, you're you're right, but but I think we have the advantage, and I think that we should yeah. win that those games. If we don't, then we don't deserve to go through. Like, you yeah. know, we we should beat Tunisia. If you don't take, a, this is the this is the levels, right? We always say levels to the game. This is why mm-hmm. I always criticize African teams because they do just enough to get to the World Cup stage, and then they the drop. Prob- yeah, the same problems that we caught ca- we catch all the way up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, rare this ugly head, and I think yeah. that's the same, the, the same problem when you look at uh, you know the, these African teams is they will play their hearts out when it comes to the African. Then they go to it against the European team, park the bus, try to like squeak out a win. Uh, and I get it, like you're not as technical as they are, but mm-hmm. you know if you have the same heart and desire, you should be able to produce a little bit more differently than what yeah. than what we're seeing. But they don't. They, they end up not doing that. 
and then mm -hmm. they go out there and then they embarrass themselves and then they get knocked out early right yeah. so that's the that's my problem with these teams like i i i keep saying it and i always tell people like european football is where is that i'm sorry if yeah. it hurts your feelings but it's the truth it european is. Football is where where is that and until teams like do you know how many chances these african teams are missing against shitty defenders yeah and imagine playing against virgo van dyke imagine playing against you know defenders like um the lit you know Mm -hmm. Boys who just like squeeze the life out of you in a football match. If you're not taking a chance against teams that are half shoddy defending in this tournament, what yeah. are you gonna do when you go mm -hmm. play against uh, the top teams in Europe? Yeah, very anyway, true. Uh, quickly, Cameroon against Comoros. You tell us what happened, man. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So Cameroon against Comoros. Uh, uh, these guys, first minute. Comoros get a chance. Comoros should have buried the chance. They didn't. <laughs> then they then they get a red card in the seventh minute. Um, so now, based off pretty much like the same thing that everybody's been getting a red card for this this uh this African thing, basically uh, uh an accidental touch or uh strike to the ankle or to that uh that level of you know. Where your where your where your leg is, right? And uh, he got a red card, and so now we're thinking, bro, Cameroon should snuff this really easy, but they're not. They don't. Yeah. Like it's not that easy for them. And bro, Comoros were playing out their minds. Um, then um, Cameroon get a chance. Toko Kambi scores in the 38 minutes, and uh, basically it's it's a ball that kind of like just scuffs. I think the Goalkeeper kind of like uh, misjudged the trajectory of it, and so he just he was left like um, uh, he was left planted on his on his on his line, right? He didn't really dive. He was trying to, but like Toko put it at such a spot where it was like such an angle that it just went in the net. Then Komoros had a few more chances in the second half, bro. They were marauding their center back, and this is what uh, Cameroon were not understanding because. The, the, the center back will come up and play that ball and he would run up. So he would be an extra man for them. So uh, Cameroon were having troubles with this. And like Comoros had chances. They took some crazy shots. Um, luckily for Cameroon, they have uh, Onana in the net. So obviously Onana is well equipped to, the, to, to stop these. And there was some really good shots. And then, um, of course, Vincent Abubakar didn't even play the first half. So he came in in the second half, I think, like for maybe like 10, 20 minutes. He scored yeah. a goal in the seventieth, and then got subbed off. Right? Then, uh, is he injured? Um, I don't, I don't think he's injured. I just think maybe they're trying to rest him or something, kind of make him more okay. efficient for the for the tournament because he's he's old, right? And then, um, what do you call it? I think uh, around the ages of um, thirty something. He's around thirty something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So uh, Comoros get this free kick. It's so it's from far out, bro. Like really far out. And my God, Yusuf Ch Chamgama, Chamgama freaking smashes this ball and just sends it into the net. It's two one. Comoros get another few chances, but they can't bury it. And then Cameroon is left, you know, with the with the dub at the end. What kind of pissed me off was Comoros was going on a final counter. 
in the in the second half in the last uh third in the in the third minute in the second and um in the the second minute the referee blew the whistle why do I on a counter attack (laughs) I was like I was like bro you could have at least let the play the the play finish first before blowing your whistle like they're going for it you know what I mean and it looked like such a promising chance because where the players were Cameroon players were not like and it looked like this game would be tied from that right but it wasn't meant to be. Cameroon wins, but they did not look convincing at all. But I'm sure they'll be happy with just getting the dub and getting over the line in that game. You know, like round of 16s are always like a toss-up, man. It's crazy how is the teams that are th- um, that were the best third-place teams that are giving everybody problems. Yeah, no, it's uh, because they, they, there's nothing for them to lose, right? So they're mm-hmm. they're doing everything they can. Um, but um, I just want to say one thing, you know, I'm still on for um, what they call it, uh, Cameroon or Morocco as the uh, uh, as the winner thing. So I really think, I, I really think, honestly, I know you what you say, and I respect you know what you're saying about Cameroon and not whatnot, but I'm gonna say this they, in my opinion, are the hosts and they're mm-hmm. extremely motivated to do very well in this tournament, they just yeah. Cameroon has such good tournament. Cameroon, Egypt have such good tournament experience um, yeah. that it's usually them that ends up, you know, somehow in this. Egypt, not so much lately because the game is much more technical. A lot of teams can play now compared yeah. to before. But um, yeah. uh, Cameroon just has it, you know. And Vincent Abubakar, this guy has been playing. I love the way he plays, man. If I. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's unfortunate that these guys go to like, you know, like he's in, I looked at him quickly. He's 30 years old. He went to Al-Nassar. Come on, you're only 30 and you're going to Al-Nassar. Like, you know, I would love to see these guys still in Europe, right? But mm, hey, yeah. look, different situation. You know, they, they got to still take care of the bread. They got to feed their families. And, right, right. You know, and then make, make uh, take advantage of this career that, they, that is so short, right, for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the, I get, I get, I get it, but I wish that he would be in a in a European team and still doing well. But hopefully, hopefully they do well. I would like to see Cameroon go all the way to the finals and yeah. uh, to see them do well in this tournament uh, because the the country is going through some deep stuff. I don't know if you've heard, but uh, there's still some like beef between the Anglo speaking uh, Cameroonians. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the president uh, uh, of Cameroon. So there's some oppression and stuff going on in there, and that that was why the, the Cameroon was supposed to host 2019. Uh, that's yeah. why we got 2021, 2022. So yeah. um, it's it's a big. It's kind of it's it would be good to kind of see football, you know, bring some unity to that country again. Yeah. Um, yeah so. Yeah. Speaking of uh, who's gonna win it, I'm changing my. Uh... <laughs> think because honestly, and now I'm thinking this is the year of the dark horse. I think Egypt is gonna beat Cote d'Ivoire, and and really? uh, yeah, and I think Malawi against Morocco, <clears throat> it's it's gonna be a tough game for Morocco for sure because Malawi probably uh are, are very equipped to handle teams that that do the you know the riggy riggy and you know do all they're kind of like Tunisia, but I'm saying. Right now, the team that beat the best team in the group stage is Tunisia. It's it for me. It's kind of looking like Tunisia might do it, bro. I I I wouldn't say that. The reason why they they hit they got Nigeria where like that was a perfect game for them 
they mm-hmm. got Nigeria exactly where they wanted them. They yeah. like literally that that save. Any other goalkeeper would have made that save, no problem. Mm-hmm. That was an easy save to make. He's a big goalie too. He's not like he's a five foot eleven goalie. He's six foot yeah. three, six foot four goalie, right? Mm-hmm. And any and yeah, he took the wrong step and he did the wrong things. But the any other any good goalie would have made that save. Mm-hmm. Tunisia don't create a lot of chances. Literally against Tunisia, what do you have to do? Stay tight. Don't yeah. lose, don't give them don't give them opportunities. Look, mm-hmm. if you have to take it to penalties, take it to penalties. This team is playing with nothing to lose. Nobody's giving them a shot. So yeah. they they they're gonna play you as nasty as how they wanna play. So mm-hmm. um, and to go and to go from that Mali game, Mali against Tunisia to this. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And they lost they lost they already lost two games already. So yeah. the thing is, the thing is keep it tight at the back. Don't concede stupid chances to them. Mm-hmm. Then score one and then force them to come out and watch them. Like if if Nigeria has scored a goal that game and it would have changed the whole dynamics of it. Exactly. And Tunisia had to chase. Exactly. And and if you look at the chances that Nigeria got, my goodness, they had so many good chances to win the game. They just mm-hmm. didn't take them. So yep. so so score your chances. When you get them, score them. That's the, mm-hmm. I, I keep saying this like Maybe this doesn't. That's why I I give Cameroon a lot of a lot of clout because Cameroon with Vincent Abubakar are scoring. They yeah. may not they may not be playing well, but they are scoring their chances. Mm-hmm. They're scoring their goals, right? There's they're, they're the only they're the only team so far in the group stage that has scored uh, two goals. Yeah, uh, uh, consistently. Well, uh, one uh, well, I don't think they were the only one that scored two goals. I think another team scored three goals. But um, no, no, no. I mean, like I mean, like in the round of sixteen so far. They're the only team that yeah, is right. yeah. in round of sixteen. Yeah, absolutely right. So, I think a lot. I think a lot of people. Um, I, I don't. You gotta understand in football. Football, regardless of everything you and I coach people do, we, we talk about uh, wing play. We talk about progression through the midfield. We talk about build up. We talk mm-hmm. about um, uh, what they call it counterattacks. We talk about transitioning. There's yeah. so many so many terminologies. The bottom line of football is to do what is to win the bloody game. And yeah. one of the ways you can win the bloody game is by scoring. Maybe, or mm-hmm. if not, go to penalty. Don't score and then go to penalty. But that's that's 50-50. Now that's the lottery. If yeah. you want to win the game, score your goals. Have mm-hmm. end product. And this is what a lot of these African teams lack. They yeah. don't score. They, they do all this crazy shit. They don't score. The only teams now that I've seen that really have put it up when, when it's been asked of them so far, have been Ivory Coast and Cameroon. Those yeah. are the only two teams that I'm seeing that when it comes to the nitty-gritty, they put it up and then they bag in a couple of goals and it gets them out of trouble. That's yeah. what you got to do. You got to pump it in the net. If you don't pump it in the net, you can forget about it. Yeah, Nigeria did it, but they didn't do it against Tunisia. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. You got to score. Yeah. You can do it against Tunisia. You, you got to score. Tunisia scored, <laughs> right? Yeah, so yeah, they that's did. The yeah. The year of the dark horse, man. I'm telling you. Man, telling I hope you. I hope Mali I hope Mali pulls through, man. I really do. Yeah, Mali is gonna be playing uh Equatorial Guinea tomorrow. No, not uh not tomorrow on Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. That's gonna be a good game though, for sure. Yeah, it should be good. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, we're out of time. Like we're out of time again. Uh lots of stuff to talk about. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before, before, before we go, we gotta show some love to the Calgarian To what? Came to the Calgarian teams. You came to watch some games yesterday, man. What did you think? Um. Yeah, I don't really like showing love on those guys because, to be honest, they they're okay. They're not good enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, I guess, but I don't like showing bluff to them because they're not good enough. Like, I will say this one thing like, uh, some people have been calling this out, and um, I heard this. I think I can't remember the guy's name that uh, you usually hang out with after the one defended on your on Primo. Um, Andrew, but, uh, yeah, I think it's Andrew, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was, I was having a conversation, and he was saying how terrible the football has become. At this level, yeah. Um, he's like usually back in the day, Premier Major was felt like it was so much was much more intense. Mm-hmm. Passes were much more crispier. Movement was a lot better. Uh, yeah. The distribution, all that jazz was there. But lately, he's noticed that um, you know that's not the case. Now, I I don't know what to say about that because you know I, I've seen I I kind of notice it. But my, my argument was there was COVID, a lot of players didn't show up, players were starting to come back. You right, know, right. the level the level dropped off a bit because you know people just you know were not playing, right? So mm-hmm. um but I I I I I noticed it a lot the last game. And mm-hmm. looking at what Croatia were doing, and I was just like, this Croatia team was beatable. Uh you guys should have been able to beat them. You made yeah, a couple we of mistakes. We had, we had mistakes, right? Yeah. Really yeah. bad mistakes. Yeah, I made a couple of mistakes again, and you guys paid the ultimate price of it. So uh, you guys you guys really got to, um, you know, the the, the, the the good confidence that you built off the last win against the MFC, mm-hmm. I felt you guys didn't build on that uh, in this yeah. game. So um Croatia were there for the taking, man. Um, they were they I expected them to be better than what I saw, but mm-hmm. honestly, man, they're a very good team. Um, mm-hmm. so they just know how to grind it out at the end of the day. Like, you know, they know how to score their goals and they know how to grind it out, they know how to keep the net ball away from the net. Uh yeah. un- un- unlucky for you guys because you missed the penalty and all that jazz, but still mm-hmm. um it, it, it you didn't create enough for me to say. Yeah, it should have been a tie at least. In fact, mm-hmm. if anything, Croatia just edged it out. So yeah, the yeah. quality, the quality, you got the quality as Andrew was saying needs to be needs to be stepped up, and a lot of teams really need to like look out for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, including including you guys. So um, I think I think you guys are you have a lot. I think you're doing a lot of good things with the team. Um, yeah. I think the team is definitely improving a lot more than what I used to see before. Mm-hmm. But they just need that little bit more, and also yeah. nothing to last. Last piece, it comes down to some of the players. I keep saying it. Some of the players really, really need to work for the team, and yeah, and and, and forget about all these like ideas they have about what they think should be happening. But exactly. remember, what does the coach want from me, mm-hmm. and 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 what what do we want to get out of this team? And that's that's a big thing. I always say like. I, I understand the psychology of a player, but at the end of the day, the player's job is to do what the manager asks them to do. Right. right? And if mm-hmm. the manager gets it wrong, the manager owns it. But if mm-hmm. you don't do what the manager asks you to do, that's on you, Sonny. So yeah. um so that was my general my general vibe about uh uh about the team and um 
Yeah. Or did, uh, what, what did you, because you were watching the FC1 game against EMFC as well. What was, uh, yeah. I missed, what? I missed like the second half of that. Yeah, they were just poor. They were what? They were just poor, honestly. They they were like you see the work you guys put in against the MFC last game, the mm-hmm. hustle, the grind, the, the you know, the heart, the desire, all the all that stuff people like to, you know, the the non-tangible stuff that people like to talk about. You guys yeah. have that. These guys, I don't that, that that's the big problem with them. They didn't have that. They didn't show it that the when it mattered most. The mm-hmm. other thing too as well is I also kind of blame the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper made a big mistake. The EMFC yeah. goalkeeper actually scored in this game. The what? The EMFC goalie scored in this game. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. I yeah. was like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. And it was a soft goal, too. Like, the, your goalkeeper should have had it, should have palmed it away. Um, mm-hmm. But somehow, the, the ball squiggled through and they scored. So... And he didn't have a good game either. And that another thing I always say in 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 uh, these levels of play, you need a good goalkeeper that can be useful with the ball on their feet and be useful with the way they play the game. So I think um, I think honestly, if we if we had Tommy in the FC two game, we would have won the game. Yeah, potentially that went in for sure. Like, yeah. um, and then the the two stupid changes on the transition that just killed us, man. Like. That was ridiculous. Yeah. But it's what it is, man. I always say, I mean, I wouldn't even look at those things. I would say, first of all, look really uh, in the game itself. What are mm-hmm. you guys What are you guys doing in the game? You can talk about changes. You can talk about all that stuff. They definitely help um, uh, help the game better. But, yeah. uh, but overall, mm-hmm. man... I- I meant, I meant like not changes, like like not our our, our team was subbing on their transition. Which I, gave I, them know, I, I know, I know, I know. Those are stupid mistakes, but I yeah. honestly, indoor is indoor, man. Like those things will happen. You're gonna have those those moments uh, in boarded uh, football, uh, mm-hmm. but I would say you guys really need to stick to um, performing mm-hmm. with what you've got. Like on the football, you've got the ball. Find a way to score goals. Find a way to get chance, create chances. Find a yeah. way to like, you know, uh, um, uh, to attack the opposition net with purpose and 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 coordination, not just mm-hmm. purpose, but purpose and coordination. Uh, yeah. You know, find a way, find a way to do all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. If if you guys don't find a way to do that, uh, what will end up happening is you're going to be dealing with these sort of problems. Regardless, you know you're gonna you're gonna have people make mistakes coming off the bench. You're gonna have a bunch of things happen, um, but there's a lot more that needs to that needs to be worked on. I think that's not that's an easy problem to fix. The other mm-hmm. things like how do we how do we get goals? How do we create chances for our strikers? How do mm-hmm. how do we the strikers create chances for themselves or mm-hmm. not make stupid decisions and things like that? So mm-hmm. you just gotta like find a way to. Um, you know, to uh, to work on that. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool, man. Yeah. But that is that. That is mostly that piece, man. And uh, I think that's it for the show, man. We went way over. I think this show is pushing almost two hours now. So huh. yeah. <laughs> I love any person who lasted this long. But uh, just want to say um, thank you guys, everybody. 
and uh, we'll chat again on the next show. Absolutely. Maybe we'll see if we can have like a midweek show or something. Yeah, international break is coming up, so yeah. or holiday break or whatever they call it is coming up. So we'll see. So that that means that means special guests coming in. <laughs> whoever we can find. Yeah, whoever we can we can get. I I would like to get uh, an Italian special guest because we're not watching Italian league this season, or at least mm-hmm. the Spanish, um, you know, Spanish guest. Maybe we should get Ajid on or something. But uh, yeah, he's he's always on the Spanish thing. Yeah. Either Ajit, either Ajit or Gojo, whichever one of them. Nice. That would be nice to have uh, either one of them. Yeah. All righty. Well, okay, okay. Well, you guys have a great one. Thank you guys for listening to the show. We'll see you guys next time. Cheers.